0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, we are very lucky to have with us tonight one of the co-stars of the movie, Adam Adrock Horvitz, and writer-director Noah Baumbach. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining us. Um, the movie, if you guys haven't seen it, it is, uh, it's about two couples, one played by Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts, who are in their mid-40s and they befriend a younger couple played by Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried. And they really like the younger couple's energy and way of looking at life uh, and way of looking at culture, uh, but it comes, of course, with complications. Noah, there's a a line in the movie that I really love, which is when Ben's character, Josh, says that uh, for the first time, he doesn't feel like a child imitating an adult. And uh, the great counterpoint to that is that uh, Jamie and Darby, Amanda Seyfried and Adam Driver's characters have a sort of a childlike way of wanting to grab at everything. They don't feel like there's any borders, but both couples are very likable. Was it kind of tricky to make sure that neither one was weighted too far uh, in either direction, one too sympathetic, one too uh, not so?
2: Well, it's also, it was further complicated in the writing because we meet the younger couple through the older couple's eyes and experience, so You know, we're we're also kind of... When we first meet Adam and Amanda's characters, there's this kind of... They're sort of romanticized, even, because, like, Ben is romanticizing them. So um, we're not even getting quite a fair look at them, probably, from the beginning, even, of the movie. But, I mean, I I, I kind of felt like I could easily invest in everybody, and, and, you know, I, I didn't feel like I took sides, particularly as I was writing it. I mean, it, it was pretty uh, um, you know, I, I think
1: I was sort of trying to equally poke fun of everyone and also equally give everybody their due. Yeah, because even though Jamie and Darby have got a, there's some complications with how they look at the world, especially Adam Driver's character, their their earnestness is still sort of appealing. Their earnestness is something to uh, to admire in some ways, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And, and I mean, even with Adam and, and Maria's characters, who are,
2: we also meet at the beginning of the movie, and they're kind of you know, in this sort of uh, you know, they're in this sort of romance of just having a had a child and sort of you know and we're having fun with that at the same time that I also you know didn't want to you know make too much fun of them. I wanted them you to sort of also you know. That's why you cast people like Adam, because he makes
1: what? Fletcher so like him. <laughs> Adam, the, your character Fletcher is actually, uh, I see him as sort of a cross between a truth teller and sort of the poster boy for middle age acceptance, yeah. uh, which is a very important thing for those of us in middle age. Uh, how did you come to the role? How did you come to the project? Did you guys know each other? He, he asked me to do it. <laughs> did you think of Adam for the role? Had you
2: guys met before? Yeah, and, and I'd been wanting to find something to do with Adam, and so uh, when I, when I Uh, you know, was thinking
1: about who to play this. Adam was the first person I thought of. Yeah. I think we have a clip. There's a clip from a restaurant scene that might be a good time right now to kind of go to and show the energy between the characters.
2: We're the boring couple with a baby. What have you guys been doing? Tell us something fun.
0: Oh, we met this interesting couple, Jamie and Darby. He's a young documentarian and she makes ice cream.
2: I don't know what to make of them, honestly. I like her.
0: They make everything. It's infectious. For about 12 hours, I thought I could build my own desk.
2: There's something about being around them that energizes you, you know? How old are they? 20, 25, 20, 26, 26, 27. They're children.
0: Yeah, nine years ago, they couldn't vote.
2: But they're married. I
0: mean, why? You should see this guy's record collection. It's Jay-Z, it's Thin Lizzy, it's Mozart. His taste is democratic. It's the Goonies and it's Citizen Kane. They don't distinguish between high and low. It's wonderful. When did the Goonies become a good movie?
1: It's actually a great a great launching off point for this question, which is that is there a danger when you're only communicating with people of your your own circle, your own age group, that you feel like um, every you're only just essentially in an echo chamber in terms of what you like and what you don't like. I, I think that
0: starts when you're when you're young
1: yeah. that you decide this is this is who I am, this
0: is my thing, this is what I like, and then to actually get older and grow into liking other things is yeah. uh, is kind of important and difficult yeah because you know as you get older you're like oh i know that
1: yeah i, I like
0: that or i don't like that or yeah. i know what that is yeah yeah i know what that is that's a good
1: that's a dangerous thing isn't it yeah. i know what that is yeah. yeah but
0: i've been doing that since i was 15.
1: yeah and so have i actually i mean right i mean you kind I of feel mean, like we you we know do do like what you like yeah but do you think i think there's actually a great thing that the movie sort of says about not just about middle age acceptance but also about middle-aged curiosity and and trying to find it It, the avenue through the film is through Jamie and Darby but the reality is that if you shut yourself off to new technologies new new types of music new types of movies you're really missing something aren't you? Yeah, I mean I think it's about
2: sort of further to what you were saying you guys were just talking about I think it's about being open to new experience you know and you know not deciding that this is you know not getting too comfortable with this notion of like this is how it is and this is how it's going to be you know which can also you know it can be a defense but it can also be depressing you know and and i think you know particularly and and in the case of like a marriage or in this marriage you know are we you know is is it is it just going to be like this till the end you know or you know and and you know, is that okay, or does it need something? I mean, I, I always felt like in a way that they, you know, Ben and Naomi's characters knew on some level that they needed something to shake things up, but they, it, it was unconscious, and, and, and in a way, the younger couple is, like, conjured up as a, yeah. you know, as, as a kind of,
1: you know, a, a, a kind of way to rescue them. Like a genie in a bottle or something. It's a yeah. wish they didn't know they were making. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah. We have another clip if you guys want to run it right now. This is actually another good scene that uh, I think shows sort of the way the, the lots of different cultural appropriations are happening in the, in the film.
2: Remember, ask him questions. You're interviewing him. He'd be goddamn lucky to invest in your film. Okay. And talk about shit he understands, see? Short and to the point. Right on the street, man! Psych him up. Talk about war, talk about power, race, uh-huh. make it relevant to him. Right. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. My was beautiful today. We're gonna to have a screening of the cut footage at the apartment on Friday. You cut it already? You just shot it two days ago. I know. I was up all night. It'll be okay,
0: Joshy. Don't you fret.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, maybe uh, take a day or two. Make sure you like it. Or it could take ten years. <laughs> With you, Joshy, the thing is gonna to be totally brilliant. I
0: remember when this song was just considered bad,
2: but it's working. Remember, he's lucky to have this opportunity. You're freaking Josh Redman.
1: My name sounds so much better when you say it. Of the, tiger. Woo! Face to face. the the issue of cultural appropriation is a is a very interesting one. All of us being born in the '60s, I, I think we can all agree. Like we like our touchstones to be appreciated by people who've come after us, but we also don't want them to be claimed by anyone. You know, that's mine, that thing, that uh, the Cookie Puss commercial, um, though you're sitting next to the guy who, who had the Cookie Puss LP, so. Um, uh, but that, that's an important thing for us, isn't it? You want it to be, to be appreciated, but not claimed. Right, and yeah, and Ben's character kind of, you know, g- goes
2: between, you know, on one hand appreciating that these things that he maybe dismissed when he was younger are kind of being brought back to him and he can, you know, the Goonies, Eye of the Tiger, he can kind of, you know, see that maybe that, you know, he, you know, should have been more open to their, uh, you know, to their merits. And then, you know, but then it starts... The, the, the sort of other side of it, the darker edge of it, is what you're saying, which is he starts to then grow frustrated with you know yeah. Adam's appropriation of stuff that he feels you know define
1: his childhood. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have an ownership of it anymore now, it's right. sort of out there. Adam, I'm interested in a in a sense of from from rap's point of view. I mean, it's got a history of of sampling because that's part of what makes rap rap. How does how, does, how do musicians look at that in that sense, that sort of sense of, I can take from here and take from there? It's it looked at differently, isn't it?
0: Not currently, now?
1: Uh, or when you guys were, were when the Beastie Boys were coming up in the 80s, I mean, through... Well, sampling is...
0: Uh, rap didn't start from sampling. No, oh, no, no. But, I mean, I guess in a way it kind of did. But... Um...
1: But it's such a part Simply of it. Sampling now is very crucial. different yeah.
0: from when it, when it was. Yeah.
1: Well, just how, like, the, uh, of, of that in music, there is sort of no sense of, of this is that and I can't take from it. There's sort of, Everything is sort of out there for the taking in some ways as long as you want to be able to... Well, not anymore. Not anymore. When you did Pulse, no. didn't
0: they change the... Yeah, we were the first uh, first wor- first, lo- law, first yeah. case to use the word sample. Right. And you won that does. case.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: No, we didn't win you that didn't, case. You didn't? No. Well, there was a case, though... That
1: <laughs> wasn't there there was a case so that yeah, there you was, was nothing to win you, no, you know yeah, yeah.
0: if you use somebody's music you you should pay them right right and <clears throat> that's yeah. that yeah. wasn't the case when we started doing it when because it was a brand new thing right and then it was the jimmy caster bunch was like hey that's our that's our song yeah and we're like yeah. oh yeah okay so we should pay you for it that's right. how it works
1: yeah you know spinning it out to a larger sense do you guys feel like there's a there's more sort of, there's, there's weaker barriers in that way now. And I'm not just talking about music, but I'm talking about, you know, with, with everything from YouTube to even reality TV. The, the way the movie sort of deals with it is a sense of that Josh is a documentarian, and that truth itself is sort of something that has sort of fluid borders for Adam Driver's character. Um, I feel like because of technology and because of sort of just the way the culture looks at things now, there is less of a defined sense of that's truth, that's not this is is a documentary this is not no does that does that sort of track with with how the film represents it
2: yeah and i mean and and when i chose to make them documentarians i i you know wanted to engage a bit in that kind of uh, discussion and and an argument as it turns into for them uh but i don't i don't have you know answers for it i don't i don't you know necessarily know uh, you know, have, have a strong feeling about like, oh, well, the way Jamie does it is not appropriate or anything like that. Ben feels that in the movie. But, but, you know, a lot of that is even Ben is searching for something right. much... He, he, he makes it into Jamie's sort of truthfulness, but he's really looking for something in his own life, in his own relationship, and he's put it on Jamie and, and puts it on this sort of, you know, ethical... You know, these ethical questions of, you know, in... in you know, in in, in art and documentary. But I, I, you know, know, it was a way to kind of have those arguments, but also kind of make it about something psychological and emotional, which was, you know, if you you find you've
1: got something like that in a script, it's always a good thing, because then you can kind of talk about one thing without really talking about it. That's right. And in fact, Charles Grodin's character, who is Ben Stiller's father-in-law in in the film, sort of represents another level in some ways, another generation of documentarian for whom there's even another sort of sense of truth, right? Even a more concrete sense in some ways.
2: Yeah. Well, and also in the movie, it gets conflated with ambition, which I think it does in in life too. I mean, in, or in, in people's lives and in conversation about this stuff of, of, you know, success and wanting success. And what does that mean? And what does it mean to be a success? I mean, I think all of those things are also very much Ben's character's struggle. So... You know, and, and his sort of idea of Groden's, you know, that Groden has, you know, maybe some, uh, y- 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 you know, it's, it's the wise man on the mountain who, right, who right. you know, back in the '60s and '70s they were doing this in a
1: pure way, and right. you know, it's not that simple either. Yeah, it's also an amazing Charles Groden turn that uh, for those of us who are Grodenites, it's uh, which I think sounds like a cult. Grodinites. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> we have another clip we'll take a look at right now.
2: What's going on? I'm sorry, we didn't think you'd want to come. Why? Well, for one thing, these are people our own age. Oh, come on.
0: Well, maybe you have a titsika ceremony or something. Ayahuasca. It was therapeutic. I learned some shit. I think Cornelia did, too.
2: Yeah, I did, too.
1: Learned some shit.
0: Yeah, you guys were whacked out on Peruvian Mescaline. Of course you learned some shit. I went under during a colonoscopy last week. I learned some shit. Patronize us, man. Listen, we don't know how else to say this, but we're worried about you guys.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I respect the fact that you
1: don't want to have kids. Don't make this about the baby cult, okay, Marina? I don't appreciate that kind of superior attitude. <laughs> it's really ugly. That's not what I'm saying. I can't help it if I want you to have kids.
0: We think you guys are really benefit from it, that's all. You don't
1: realize how inappropriate it is to say it the way you say it. Not everybody wants a baby. Not everyone can have one all the time. Hi, sexy lady. Elise, come in. Bruce. Come in. Thank you. Hey, you've lost
0: weight. Uh, yeah, my suit. Since
2: we've had the baby, I feel you pulling away, Cornelia. I just do.
0: What's with the hat? What? I went
1: to a fucking baby music
2: club. You look
0: like assholes who we went to high school with it. Cruise by prom, but not go in. Do you
1: know how humiliating that for is? We're
0: men, Josh. Speak for yourself. Why
1: is that humiliating? This is my
2: life now. You're an
0: old man with a hat. It
2: can be very isolating and lonely when you have a kid. Yeah, I can tell.
1: Let's go, Josh.
0: Stay. You're here. Come in. There's no way we're coming in.
1: Adam, you're very funny in that scene, I have to say. Uh, is there a, uh, have you been wanting to act for a while? There's a great disgustedness quality that very few people can sort of bring out. That's very, very funny. Um, you're an old man in a hat, you say, with such spite. Well, um, uh, you know, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: Ben Stiller is really funny. If, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's, you should check out what he did. He's pretty funny. Um, our leading purveyor of angry funny.
1: I think he is I leading
0: I think the big thing, of, not the big thing, but a thing that about this movie is the like, uh, like a kind of anti-YB normal wackiness that yeah. uh, I, I really liked about yeah. just, uh, you know, with the, the hat and the YB yeah. normal hat and the kids yeah. being kooky kids. And yeah. Yeah. I kind of related to sort of not, not liking that. So maybe that's part of why yeah. I had some disdain on my face.
1: <laughs> have you had, uh, do you have friends who are doing that sort of thing, who are kind of experimenting with I'm not going to name
0: names. Yeah. Some friends. No, I, I <laughs> think we all have friends that try, try a little too hard. That try. That, you know, yeah. that just try a little yeah, too hard. It's
1: try. Let's talk very quickly about, about Ben, who, as I mentioned, is sort of the, our leading light of angry funny. Noah, I think you had mentioned you did not write Greenberg for him, right? But you right. did write this character for him for While We're Young, Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd wanted to do something again with him after Greenberg,
2: and and when I was writing this, I, I felt like it was an opportunity to do something that maybe was more part of the pleasure of Greenberg was 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 taking Ben and putting him in a very unfamiliar character, unfamiliar for him as well. I think he, yeah. I mean, he found a way to kind of relate to that guy and play him brilliantly, but he was, you know, not he's not like Greenberg. Yeah. Um, uh, the, but with uh, this character, I felt like it was a way to maybe do something that was more in his comic voice, but
1: but to place it in, you know, my environment. Yeah, and and his co-stars, Naomi Watts, is a, has a terrific sort of seeking quality. She's sort of naive and seeking and and sweet and funny all at the same time. Adam does this great thing with, I want to bring up Adam and Amanda in, in terms of just directing them. Um, Amanda has a great moment where where, the, where she and Naomi are walking across the street, and she's not looking at Naomi as they're walk they're walking and talking, and she just has she's just talking out into the air, which I think is a great right. bit of uh, of sort of actorly presence of conveying something. And Adam. Does this thing with his with his long arms, his long hands, of so sort of this prayerful type of thing to to emphasize how earnest he is and how thankful he is. Working with them is that just part of their their machinery as actors? How much of that was the two the all three of you kind of working together?
2: Yeah, and and I mean it's uh, it's 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 what they bring to it, you know. And that's the great thing about you know when you cast right and when you have actors like that that they, you know, they. Um, you know, I, I get asked a lot, like about how much I, you know, allow for improvisation, and the, the answer is none. But then, but they bring all this, you know, they they reinvent these characters, you know, and and the, you know, that's what what I'm looking for and what the pleasure is for me in, in, in making these things. I mean, with Adam, we and Amanda, we talked a lot about the characters. We had, a, you know, ideas and things, but um, you know so much of it is just sort of what they, you know, you know, create. I mean, Adam is so interesting. Everything Adam does is so unexpected
1: and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, The alchemy there of the the script, working with them is really terrific. I agree. We're going to take some questions. Anybody have anything?
2: Uh, I'm just curious for you, Adam, how acting came into the mix for you. I mean, I can understand, you know, music,
1: acting, both storytelling, but... Because, I mean, you're quite good, so I'm curious well, thank how that started. I,
0: I, you know, I was in a couple of movies a long time ago, actually. That's what I thought I would be, do when I was a kid. I thought I was going to be uh, an entertainer <laughs> But some uh, He's very good this, in them,
2: too. Have you seen Lost Angels? Or- no, you don't, see, you don't have to see that.
0: <laughs> but that brings me to a question that I have to you, but I'll get to that question later. But he asked me to do it. I wasn't thinking about doing it. I was playing a show at Joe's Pub and Noah came and we were hanging out having drinks and I just assumed that it was because you were drunk that you asked me to do it. So I wasn't planning on it, he asked me to do it.
2: It was that, but I was so embarrassed I couldn't take it at, back. Right <laughs> after yeah. you said it, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Um. Thanks.
2: Um. Where else do you think this
1: movie could have been made besides New York with the juxtaposition of the the more mature, wealthier versus the hipster cultural movement that's happening? Could it have been made
2: anywhere else I mean it's a good question i mean i I'd like to think so you know I mean that it's that there's this versions of this going on I mean I've definitely seen versions of this in Los Angeles, you know just another city that i I know fairly well um, but you know, when I've traveled around with it, people seem to kind of recognize these things. I mean, you know, in Europe even and, you know, different cities. So I, I, I it it feels, you know, I mean, obviously, for me, it was very important that it be New York and and that it it be, you know, that I, I didn't want to make it anywhere else. And for some reason, they were like, you, you know, you'll get a tax break, a better tax break if you make it in Michigan. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have done that. But... Um, uh, but I'd
1: like to think that, you know, Michigan, they can relate to this as well. The collision, I think, that the, in, in New York, you're obviously always bumping into people, always bumping into people who do what you do, who do things you'd like to do, who do, do things that you find are interesting. That's obviously part of New York. I'd like to... Well, the, to I was going to say
2: also the pedestrian culture, I yeah. mean, which
1: you see even in that, you
2: know, when they're crossing Park Avenue and the, you know, ride on the street and the bike, you know, and... and I mean, I think I just said that to some guy on a city bike actually uh, uh, today. Yeah. Um, uh, not as loud as that, I did, but, um, uh, but I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's so much. For me, that's what's so interesting about it is sort of the, the like you're saying, the collision of people in, in this environment and the anthropology of it of, you know, having a kind of they have a. If you've seen the movie, they have like a picnic like Street Beach, they call it out in the street where they kind of have like a barbecue out in the street. I mean, it, they, it's, it's just more interesting in New York that for me than if it was in
1: Los Angeles and they're just driving everywhere, you know. One of the issues that come up in the movie is that Ben Stiller's character kind of feels like Adam Driver is going to look up to him as well. it's sort of very gentle, but it's it's definitely sort of there that he thinks he'd like to be a, a bit of a role model, even though there's lots of different dynamics going on. I'm wondering if he, both of you had instances where, as you were coming up uh older filmmakers older musicians sort of gave you advice or kind of you looked to them for uh, a way to be
0: <clears throat> uh, me personally sure yeah. oh yeah when i i mean we we uh looked up to run dmc when we yeah. were first starting out as a rap group and so we just did whatever they did or yeah. tried to
1: yeah. and they were okay with that yeah yeah any bit of advice that any any older musicians or anybody sort of that you looked up to sort of give you sort of not set you on your path a little bit but give you a little bit of advice that you still remember no No. (laughs) i guess i never asked i never
0: actually asked like what
2: you i guess you know for
0: me personally i just watched and tried to imitate
1: yeah Noah, how about you
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, well, Peter Bogdanovich, who actually has a, yeah. like a brief—he—he he introduces Grodin at at the, his event at the, towards the end of the movie. Is I met—I cast him in a movie in, um, uh, in the late '90s, and and we remain friends, and and you know, he, he's uh, you know, I, I, somebody I really admire, but also someone who's just become yeah. a good friend. And yeah. um, uh, I mean, then there are a few. You know filmmakers like that i mean the best advice i got i was actually was um when i was uh, making squid and the whale i was um somebody had a there's a cat in that movie and i wanted you know we had to cast the cat and and um i had this uh, this idea i'm going to use my friend's cat and uh it was um ethan cohen uh, um who uh said hire the professional cat
1: (laughs) don't don't hire don't an don't go with it don't go with that and um cat.
2: and i after i made the movie i realized what good advice that was <laughs> i did hire the professional cat yes. i took his advice but even with a professional cat cuz cats there's no such thing as really even a professional cat there <laughs> they're they're not like dogs they're, they're right. very yeah. Those bastards, there, yeah. Uh, there's there's about four yeah. cats to do
1: four different <laughs> things. And, you know, right. and anyway, that was that's the best advice I've got <laughs> you, you can spin out into anything, kind of always get the professional cat. Yep. <laughs> Any other questions, anyone over the side? Hi, uh, this is a question for Noah. Um, Noah, I was just wondering um, how, when you've written with someone, um, how different that process is, because obviously you've got a character in your head when you're writing that character, but when you have to share characters with another writer, I mean, specifically, I guess, you know, um, Life Aquatic or, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, the two sort of, you know, I guess the real collaborations I've had are with Wes on those movies and then with Greta on Francis Ha and and, um, the movie we have coming out later in the year called Mistress America. Um, And, you know, I, I really, it's it's, I feel like it's like the movie kind of lets you know how you want to do it to some degree. You know, like, you know, in the case of the, the West ones, one was his idea, and he asked me if I would help him, you know, kind of develop it and write it. And so it was very kind of clear, you know, parameters of like, I'm here to kind of help you make your movie and make it the best thing for you to make. So... You know, which is, you know, freeing in a way, too, because you don't have to worry about what you're going to do with it. You're just making it for them. And Fantastic Mr. Fox was an adaptation of a Roald Dahl book, so it also had, there was source material that we had to interpret, so that had its own kind of, in a way, it was almost like three of us making it, you know. And and the things with Greta were for her to be in, too. Um, So, in in a way, they all had very specific uh, sort of, uh, goals in mind, you know. But I, I, I find, you know, it, I like doing both. I like after a while, if I've done, if I've written a couple things alone, it, it's it's a great, you know, just it, it, you go crazy. I mean, it's like it's good to like then involve somebody else and make it a conversation. But the other thing too is that they're both were friends before, you know, before we we did it. So it wasn't like you know. We had to learn each other. We kind of already had, you know, a shorthand.
1: When did you start this script? This script was a couple of years ago that you started, right? This script actually, I started um,
2: after, and I and I and I had a version of it after Greenberg, and we were, it was gonna, put, we were gonna maybe make it then, and then it didn't happen for various reasons. So then, um, I, Greta and I made Francis, and then. Um, uh, and then so then and then we were done with Francis. Ben was making Walter Mitty, which he directed as well. So it was a big commitment for him. So I had a long time to wait for him to be done. So then we actually went and made Mistress America, which even though it's coming out after this, we shot before this.
1: Was it good to come back to this after a little bit of a break? Did you kind of look at it with fresh eyes?
2: Yeah, and 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 I changed, I rewrote it, and you know changed some things, and um, yeah, it, it was. I think. Um, You know, I'm glad I made it the way I did and, you know, not, not, you know, the other way, (laughs) whatever that
1: would have been. We have time for about one or two more questions. Yeah, we're here.
0: Hi, um, I have a little bit of a reverse question from earlier. So now that you both are established, how do you give back to others? Do you know what I mean? If somebody wants to ask me, you know, for my opinion, I'll, I'll give it. I, you know what? Actually, I was at uh, I was at the Knicks game the other night and a kid asked me, he said, I'm a musician. I want to be uh, in a band and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do you have any advice for me? So that actually did happen to me just like three nights ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, I said, leave me alone. No, I said, um, I said, play the music that you like to listen to. I said, don't, you know, don't try to follow whatever is hot right now. Just play what you like to listen to. That's good advice. he didn't, I don't think he really cared what I said. (laughs) I think he wanted something more specific. I don't know. But so that, I mean, I did that.
2: (laughs) Noah, how about you? Well, I mean, it's, it's different giving advice to somebody you know well versus somebody who comes up to you at the Nick game because you don't know where they're coming from or what they really want to do. And there's so many variations of, doing what you know there's so many different ways to be be a filmmaker or be a musician and so and i i don't know you know my way was my way and you know and 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 i think a lot of for me even figuring out myself and, and learning even myself and myself as a filmmaker and how i wanted to do these things was unlearning things that were kind of set in place and told to me when I first made my first movie, because I, you know, I, I made my first movie and they are like, well, you know, they sort of tell you this is how you're, you know, this is how you do it, and then you do this, and the editing process is like this, and then you mix it like this, and it took maybe two movies to, like, get rid of all that stuff, and, you know, so generally my advice is go do it and figure it out for yourself. The cat advice is really specific and good, though. <laughs> The cat advice was good, but I was yeah. I, I don't know that I could have heard the cat advice. On I, it was my third movie that I got the cat oh, advice. Really? Oh. Yeah. So then it was I, in a way I was ready for it. You
1: know, yeah, I had yeah. to grow. <laughs> I had to grow into that. You know? Grow into the cat advice. Yeah. How do you see technology having changed both of what you do to change music, change film, uh, for better, for worse? You know, it's more accessible. It's you know, how how do you see Do you see how it's changed? Both. Well, I mean,
2: it is easier to say to, if if someone says about filmmaking now, like, you know, I want to make a movie, what do you think I should do? You can say now, go do it, because you can do it now, and it can look pretty good, and it can be, um, you know, in a way that you, it was harder, took more money to do it anyway when I was starting. Um, But, you know, there's so many, I mean, technology has changed filmmaking in so many ways that are both I think I that 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 have sort of been are more sort of uh, articulated and spoken about in in you know in the media and things but I I actually think it's changed filmmaking in ways that in ways we don't like a lot of people don't even realize and you know just the way you know the way we used to make it and the way we used to photograph things and how we would color time and how we would edit and yeah. you know
1: yeah.
2: and I think it has changed things I don't know that it's made it better or worse I don't I really don't know but
1: um, but it's made it different. Yeah. Someone, somebody mentioned to me uh, a couple of months ago that uh, how they block scenes or how they how they stage things. There's more two shots or whatever because they're oftentimes thinking this might be looked at on a screen this big. That's interesting. You know, and it's uh, obviously they're not making Lawrence of Arabia, but by the same token, they're sort of thinking about that a little bit more in their composition.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. That's
1: interesting. Yeah.
2: I mean, although then you see like some filmmakers like you know like Wes on Grand Budapest yeah. or like Christopher Nolan or they like working within different aspect ratios yeah. in the same movie, which I feel like in a way is happening more now than, or at least I'm more aware of it than, yeah. it, than it maybe was right. a few years ago. And because technology kind of almost sort of different ways of looking at it kind of almost allows you to experiment more yeah. and be less precious. Like you have to stay in right. one, you know, I mean, yeah. it's also changed, I mean, with IMAX and, and theatrical viewing too. But um, so, it, yeah, it's like on one hand it limits things. And then in other hands, people maybe start, Experimenting. I felt that with Francis when we made it that, you know, on one hand, black and white movies are, you know, always have some kind of limited viewership commercially because somehow p- people are, you know, yeah. like to look at things in color. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it seems like yeah. old timey or yeah. something. But at the same time, I feel like you, with you know, the way people, we all have our, on our phones and all the different apps and, you know, that there's more like black, people are more,
1: black and white's more accessible yeah. too in a way yeah. than it was maybe yeah. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. I it's, think so, yeah. yeah. Adam, how about musically? Do you think, do you think it's
0: easier? Oh, no, it just, it just reminded me of something that happened a few years ago. Just, uh, no, because we mix records, you know, you when you mix a record now, you really have to think that most people are just going to listen like, on their computer, you know, on their laptop speakers, which is not the same. Yeah. Because you have to listen to that or you have Beats headphones that sound amazing or you have this and so which do you decide to do? And it just reminded me that we were mixing our, I don't remember which, uh, last record it was a few years ago and Adam Meowck was like, oh, we're doing a a mix in quad. We have to, which is like, nobody has that. Nobody has like a four speaker home stereo. He's like, oh no, 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 a lot of people have that. (laughs) Nobody has that, right? Right. And we did it, and it sounds really
1: fucking cool. But yeah, I mean, like four people have probably heard it. But that's interesting. Yeah, you either have to go right. You're thinking about this or thinking about that. It's a very interesting, the disparity between the two. There was a question over here in the front. I want to make sure that we get to those guys. Um, I'm curious about how you think "While We're Young" fits into your larger body of work, because I know it has this sort of familiar, overgrown adolescence narrative, but it also has been called your most Commercial or accessible film to date, and I'm curious if you see yourself going in that direction, or how Mistress America is going to unfold.
2: I'm the I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question, too. I mean, I I, um, uh, I keep trying, I keep introducing the movie as my most accessible movie, just <laughs> because I feel like all right, this is the one. people <laughs> are saying, yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I, I'm. I kind of make the thing that's interesting to me, that's in front of me, you know, or that I present in front of me, that I come up with at that moment, that seems like the livest wire in my brain, that feels like, oh, this might be a movie. Let's, I'm gonna, you know, and 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 I don't, I don't think about it in terms of any kind of conversation it's having with previous movies. I mean, it's, I understand that, I seem to kind of return to themes that. You know uh, uh, that that clearly must be interesting to me. You know, um, but uh, to but me <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, except with this one. Maybe some other people are interested yeah. in this one. Um, it's accessible, uh, but uh, but I don't but I don't really think about them as in, in in like a kind of you know. Maybe one day I'll look at all the. Blu-ray. Well, I don't even know there'll be Blu-rays at this, on this day I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, or uh, streaming or whatever. I'll see them all on a shelf somewhere, you know, and, and I'll have some kind of epiphany. But I, I you know, I, I just sort of get
1: interested in what's in front of me and, you know, keep going. And in terms of accessibility, even, I mean, of the last six films, which are all pretty great, I think, on a, on a pretty great scale, I mean, *Margot at the Wedding is pretty, pretty accessible, too. I mean, I think there's like a, I think accessibility is sort of one of those things. I think people, it's, you know, I think people throw that word around. I think a great film's a great film. I'm not sure if, you know, accessible You're just the it's, content yeah. it's the a content, content. provider. That's the content. You provide content. <laughs> right, next to you was a question over here.
2: Just trying to provide content. Um, Noah, you mentioned that you don't allow for any improvisation of your characters, your actors. Is that really true of this film and everything? Any specific reason or (laughs) true? It's all true.
1: It's really true. Um,
2: no leeway. It's over really it. true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny how people think. People have a of a sense of like the Coen Brothers movies or Wes Anderson's movies or Richard Linklater's movies or Noah's movies. Sort of they they seem like they're improvised, but that just means that so much great work has gone into it. Like so much hard work has gone into it to make it feel so natural, right? Is that the that's part of the trick. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, yeah, I don't,
2: um, no. I don't have any. There's none. Um, You know, I mean, when I'm writing a script, it's like I'm improvising it as I'm writing it, you know? So, I mean, starts up here at some point, you know? Um, Let's just say I've been improvising for the
0: past 30 years. (laughs) And working with Noah, you can't say, um, unless it's written on a page, you can't say, um, you can't say, like. (laughs) No but, um, no like. But yeah. the
1: but the idea, you know. I mean, you
0: can. You just you're going to have to do another take where you don't say um or like, and that's how it goes,
2: and and, and it's fun, right? It's um, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You really uh, learn something. No, no, no. It's um.
0: it, it working w- working with someone like Noah. It's uh it's nice when someone you know has a a clear view of what they want to make, and you just we're here to make this thing, and we're all here for you and and you know it's nice working with somebody that that has that and you want to help
1: them do what they're doing uh when you guys look at your earlier work as a filmmaker as a musician do you see the man you'd grow into 20 years later 15 20 years later or something it kind of feels like that with this with this movie you're looking at these these characters adam and amanda's characters and uh ben ben's character especially but also naomi's look at them. There's a moment where Ben says, you know, you always wanted a more successful me. Well, here he is. And he's talking about the Adam Driver character. But I think it's interesting when you look at yourself 20 years earlier, do you see, oh yeah, do I see where that guy was going and he's become me? Or when you look back on those films and that work, do you think that you could have gone different ways? Adam, do you want to start? Like- um, yeah, I can see me from then yeah. to now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm
0: happy how things turned out. Yeah. I think it, you know, took, took some turns and mm-hmm. Looking, if I was me then looking at me now, I'd yeah. be, I, that's, yeah, I, yeah look okay. at that. You don't look at that guy as, oh, Look at that right, guy. Right, right. He's basically <laughs> the same with, you know, a little, you know, a little. Some little, experience. Little and Little fixes you know, here and there. Right. Yeah. Noah, how about you? But what's an Apple store? What's he doing? <laughs> <in there? laughs> I can
2: do what with my phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I feel the yeah. same way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I, 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 I sort of, you know, I started out with this idea of being a, a certain kind of filmmaker, I guess, and, and and writing what I would do and writing things that felt personal and w- were came from me and were you know and and I've continued to do that yeah. and and um, you know so yeah I feel yeah. I, I I'm 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 glad glad how it shook out or has, sh- has shaken out so far. And you can see how you got from
1: there to here, right? Yeah. 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 Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here. Noah Baumbach and Adam Horowitz. While we're young, thank you. go see it. Go see it again. You've seen it once, twice, third time's the charm. Thanks. <laughs>